Welcome to the Property Nomad podcast. We are going to be looking at credit scores today. We are also going to be looking at why they're important, how you can get a good credit score and how that might help you to buy property. You don't have to be a property investor necessarily to be able to get the the content from this episode. Uh, You could just be after a better credit score in general because obviously that can lead to many great things moving forward. I did say to my guest that I would probably butcher an introduction. I think I have butchered that introduction, so apologies. Uh, but our guest today is the CEO of Pay. He is Sho Sugihara. Sho, uh, welcome to the Property Nomads podcast. Thanks so much for having me. We're going to be going through you know, some key things today. Uh, we're going to start off with the very basics. Uh, you know, What is a credit score? We have, uh, why do you need a credit score to buy property? What credit score do you need? We're just going to build up slowly but surely. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, we're just talking off there. Um, you are, you've got a Japanese heritage. I'll try not to get into too much about traveling in Japan because that, that's a whole different episode. Uh, but for those that don't know who you are, if you could give a little bit more of an introduction about yourself, and uh, that would be fantastic. For sure. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks again. Um, my name is Sho. So I'm co-founder and uh, CEO of a UK-based uh, financial technology company called Pave. And uh, my background, so as you said, uh, I'm originally, well, I grew up in Japan. Uh, my mom's uh, English and my dad's Japanese. But until I was uh, 16, I was over there. And, and my career, um, I was lucky enough to move around a few countries growing up, but my career has focused on um, building, I would say, inclusive services. So I started off in the social sector uh, in Japan, working with poverty alleviation there before going to uh, Brazil and uh, doing what's called microfinance. So helping people who are otherwise invisible to financial systems uh, build a record of uh, credit history, which links to the credit score building that we'll talk about soon, um, before uh, then going into professional services. Um, where I was a consultant working in financial systems and also a bit of healthcare systems as well. Um, but yeah, I um, left all of that to start PAVE about four, just over four years ago now. Um, but uh, yeah, our, our mission has been to essentially, as a continuation of my kind of career focus, continue to build products that help include people in a fair way into financial systems. In terms of... In terms of that, and you know that's that's great, and looking forward to finding out more about that. Uh, just a bit off topic, actually. Do you find that it's very easy for people to uh, go, you know, accidentally fall under the radar because they might not have access to said products? So, do you find that's quite common around the world? Yeah, I, certainly. I think the by each geography, it varies heavily. Uh, so, for example, in, in Brazil, where I first really got involved in this, um, the system is a bit different. It's uh, This was actually my university dissertation and a bit of a tangent, but here we go. Um, I looked at how the Brazilian uh, constitution and labor code associated with the constitution created uh, economic exclusion and financially invisible people, because often um, the legal requirements for employing someone for example, required that you have an official residency permit and other things, which a lot of the Brazilian population still don't have. And that can block you out from financial services. So it's a fascinating topic and a very sad one as well. Um, But, you know, that's very specific to Brazil. 
Um, in, in countries where there are credit scores or credit files provided by the major credit bureaus, which we'll cover as well, I'm sure, um, it can often be quite different reasons. So, for example, um, if you're if you've never had a credit card uh, until the age of 30, let's say, and for the first time you want to buy a property, the average age of purchasing is around 31, 32 in the UK, then you can be in a bit of trouble because you don't have a history of a credit file. Um, I think the more common, another common one I should say that I see is people who migrate from uh, other countries like, let's say, Australia or Bangladesh to the UK, and uh, they don't have uh, any history here at the moment, at least. And that can also uh, lead to some form of exclusion. So the reasons are very geographically and um, they vary person to person. But it's certainly something that I think is a surprising amount of people. And I think the stat at the moment is about 15 to 20 percent of the adult population uh, can end up not having sufficient credit history or um, unexpectedly bad credit history because they didn't realize um, the ramifications of certain, uh, let's say, missing a payment on a credit card or other things. Yeah, that, that's, that's fair enough. Just going back very, very briefly to Brazil, that that fascinates me that even Brazilians don't have a residency card. Now, to, well, the reason I say that is because to me that sounds like something that would be given to you like upon birth or something like that. So the fact that you're saying that even a lot of Brazilians don't have that in their own country, that, that to me is absolutely mind-boggling. But having been to Brazil, I could well understand why that would be the case, and I don't mean that in a disparaging term. Uh, yeah. or in any way whatsoever but that that's my, that that to me absolutely mind-boggling that that's the case it's super interesting i mean uh again it's a bit of a tangent and i could talk forever about it but uh, it just has to do with how cities were built in brazil where a lot of um you know formerly slave or other um individuals ended up uh living on the peripheries of cities uh and mm-hmm. informally doing that without proper building permits etc because they had to um, and that's uh, kind of perpetuated uh, a certain degree of financial exclusion when you're not officially registered for things like property ownership or other things. You end up getting excluded from a lot of state provided formal services. So anyway, I could go on and on. But, you know, that's another driver of uh, exclusion in a very specific part of the world. Come back for episode two, because that, that to me All right. <laughs> absolutely fantastic. So. Again, there's probably people listening to this saying, Rob, show, get on with it. Come on, guys. So let, let, let's motor on. So, yes, we are mainly focusing this on UK listenership. That's where most of our listeners do listen in from. So for those that might not be aware or might not understand what one is, what is a credit score? Yeah, great and very important question. Um, so a credit score is a uh, basically it's a three digit number. Uh, That is kind of a snapshot of how credit worthy you are to a lender. And the more credit worthy you are, the higher that number is. And typically, the more likely, uh, if if the number is higher, the more likely you are to be approved for credit. That's kind of how it works in a very high level. Um, And it means things like, you know, the interest rate offers that you get, uh, the lenders that are willing to uh, lend to you, all these things are going to be better with a higher credit score. And it applies not just to mortgages, but all other aspects of consumer credit. So credit cards um, and uh, personal loans, car financing. Uh, And actually, in the future, it's also going to apply to things like buy now, pay later products as well, although currently it it often doesn't. There are um, three major credit bureaus in the UK. So Equifax, uh, Experian and TransUnion. And they determine your credit 
score using slightly different factors, but they're pretty much the same. And these are things like your payment history, so how you've paid credit in the past, uh, your credit utilization, so how much of your available credit you're using, uh, credit history, which is um, how much data they have on you and how long you've been using credit products, uh, credit mix, which is the kind of, um, you know, how many different types of credit do you have, like a credit card, personal loan, overdraft, et cetera. And then finally, um, how recently you've taken out credit. Uh, so how, yeah, how, how much time has passed since you got your last card, let's say. Um, and uh, those things are contributed into uh, slightly different models that the credit bureaus use to figure out uh, where you sit on that uh, particular credit score scale. Um, and to make it a bit confusing, uh, you know, each credit bureau has a different score. So uh, Experian is out of 999, Equifax is out of 1,000, TransUnion is out of 710. Um, but they're going to change that. It's going to be 1,000 soon as well. So, you know, adding to the complexity, um, there's uh, different ratings that these uh, bureaus use. Is that a good enough primer? It, it absolutely is. And I'm, I'm smiling at the end there because that was a side question that I had written down is that why would you have, it's okay to have three different companies. Well, some people might argue that actually it's not okay to have three different companies. It should just be one, but then you then get into a whole different conversation about monopolization of data, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but that was one of my side questions. I think even if you've got three main companies, you've got three different scores. I mean, that's just mind boggling. You know, and I'm relatively well educated, and I find that mind boggling as to why that's the case. So I'm glad that that's being changed. Will Experian then make it a thousand as well, or are they still sticking with 999? Oh, I, I'd have to ask them, but I think as far as I know, it's uh, it's 999. Yeah. Not like Experian to be different. Um, <laughs> personal, personal job there. Okay. So that's fine. So that, that, makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, in terms of them buying a property, is there a particular credit score that you would need to buy a property? Or is there a particular rating? Or again, is this going to go back to what you've just said? And will it vary on what the mortgage company will look at if they looked at TransUnion, for example, or, or, or whatnot? Is there, a, is there a particular score that you need? Or is it based on the rating history and what other factors come into play? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, one one I get a lot actually from friends and family and, and customers alike. But uh, so so unfortunately, there's no easy answer to this one. Um, but what I can say is that as a whole, having a good credit score and having a credit score in the first place does matter if you're going to buy uh, a property and want a mortgage. Um, there's no magic number like 600 or whatnot. Um, but going back to what we covered earlier. The better the number, the better the rates um, and higher chances of getting approved that that you have, um, and yeah, cheaper interest rates, of course, that you're going to get. Um, and so, what you what you typically see is that if you have a really low credit, and each of the credit bureaus will give you a rating between you know poor or very poor to fair to good to excellent, and depending on where in those gauges you sit with your credit score. Um, the the offers will will vary quite a bit, and yeah, if you do have bad credit, you're going to get very high interest rates, and some uh, mortgage providers uh, may not even uh, lend to you. Uh, as a as a sort of a bit of a plug, shamelessly from our side, um, on our website um, payback.com, there is a calculator that uh, we built by actually surveying customers um, who have an Experian credit score 
and with their consent, getting them to apply for various um, mortgage and other products. Um, and of course, we did that in a way that it, it didn't harm their credit score. Um, but uh, we have data that kind of gives you a sliding scale sense of at each credit score, what kind of interest rate are you likely to get on your mortgage? So that makes it a bit more real. Um, in, in terms of your question on like, you know, which credit score do mortgage uh, or lenders use? Again, it's a bit complex. It varies. <laughs> Typically, they're going to look at all three of your credit scores. So it's good to have um, good credit across all three. In some instances, um, they might not look at all three. Uh, they might only look at one or two. And so, you know, let's say you have a really good experience score, but someone's checking your TransUnion credit score only, which isn't as good. Then you want to make sure that both are, you know, at, at par and putting forward your best um, possible financial profile. And so I, I always recommend to, for people to build their credit with all three, um, for sure. And um, I think the other thing to note here, beyond the credit score, the credit score is just a kind of summary of your financial picture. Uh, and in reality, mortgage lenders are, aren't going to just look at your credit score. Often they don't really look at that as much as they look at your payment history, whether you have any uh, negative markers in your credit file, like a CCJ, which is a county court judgment that you can get if you don't pay a bill, um, or IVAs are another one, um, and bankruptcies, of course, as well. So if you have these types of markers, it's typically very difficult to get uh, a mortgage until that record is cleared from your credit file, which can take up to six years. Um, sorry, I went on a bit there because there's so much to unpack, but hopefully that's useful. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely unpack as we go We go along the way, as I'm sure, as you already know, and I'm sure people are listening are thinking, well, this is incredibly complex. Uh, yes, is the answer. It is, it is a very complex uh, system, I, I guess. Uh, that being said, though, uh, just sticking on the property front specifically, uh, but hypothetically speaking, if you if I was looking to buy property and, you know, uh, let's just say I'm 20 years old, I've never had a credit card before. Um, how, how is not having some form of credit card going to impact me? Um, and if I did have a credit card, and this, again, let's just say I'm 20 years old, I haven't got a credit card. Am I, um, am I going to be allowed to buy a property or a home? If not, how long would you suggest having some form of credit card before? before you can apply to purchase a home? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, and, uh, you know, what's what's really interesting, at least with um, some of our customers that tend to be quite young, uh, between 20 and 30 years of age, we're seeing more and more people um, prepare quite far in advance, like years in advance for getting a mortgage, which uh, goes to my answer to your question. That's the right approach. With something like this, uh, I don't think there's any the benefit to preparing as early as possible. Um, you know, I was probably 20, 27, 28 when I first checked my credit score, which I think might be on the early side even, but I would, you know, in hindsight, I think it's never um, a bad idea to check earlier. And there are many free tools that you can use, um, which I'm happy to talk about to do so. But my recommendation would be like, if you're looking to get into the market to um, get a get a mortgage and, and, and purchase your first property, um, frankly, you need to be safe at least a few years to build. Um, if you don't have any negative markers like that are going to be on your credit file for six years, let's say, if you don't have any of those, it can be shorter, of course. But I think with this stuff, I would uh, err on the side of going early as much as possible. Sound advice makes, that makes a lot of sense. 
before we get into sort of the specifics about PAVE, uh, let's keep it very general for a moment. As I said, there's a lot to unbox, uh, as you've said. You've mentioned about things that can have a negative impact on a credit score. And in, from my experience, some things can impact your score in, in a negative way that you don't even think about. So, for example, like you mentioned, you might miss a bill, not necessarily a, you know, you might miss a, a £2 mobile phone bill, for example, and that can have a severe impact. So can you, are you able to give um, some more examples of things that people really need to think about when, when yeah. they're trying to nurture that credit score? Yeah, I mean, there's so many things, and I think it there's a broader topic that I'm very passionate about, which is, um, you know, consumers or anyone being made much more aware of what can actually do damage to your credit file earlier because you typically find out in a post-mortem fashion when you've already done the damage and that's at least the case for not not the majority of our customers but many um, which is painful right it feels unfair um, especially if you've been sold a credit card at university not really knowing what the consequences of maxing it out could be and i've heard that story time and time again it really does break my heart i think it's it's a very sad and unfair introduction to the financial system that many people go through. Um, anyway, so the major things that can impact it. Um, I'll start by the ones that I'm sure you've kind of heard of before, or many people will have, and then I'll kind of dig through my brain to think of some more interesting cases that I've heard of as well, which will be useful too. Um, the one that has a surprisingly high impact and that can also be adjusted very quickly in your favor is credit utilization. So if you have a credit card within a thousand pound limits and you're using 900 pounds, um, that's a very high utilization, uh, typically a utilization of anything between 20 to 30% uh, or higher than that rather is seen as a high utilization rate. And that can very quickly swing your credit score. I think Experian in the US um, factor in your credit utilization uh, and put a 25% weighting on it. To, to calculate your credit score. So it is, you know, one fourth of your credit file is determined by that. Um, another one is, um, you know, any of the negative markers. These do have really big impacts on your credit. So having a CCJ or an IVA will um, lower your credit score by anywhere between 200 to 300 points. So it's significant. Um, and uh, late payments can do the same. So clearing late payments, if you still can, um, is, a, is a really, really important one. There are other like quick wins that you can do, um, such as making sure you're on the electoral roll. This one is actually a lot. People say it a lot, but don't tell you the ins and outs of how to do it. It's actually quite a complicated process. So if you're like me and, you know, I've always rented, I don't have a house. Oh, sorry, I live in a house, but I don't own a house rather. Um, and every time I move, I have to make sure that I've registered with my new council to vote. And also, and this is the kicker that a lot of people don't um, realize, it takes a really long time for me moving to be registered with the credit bureaus. So you either have to download a proof of uh, having registered to vote with your council and you know PDF file and send it to them, uh, or you have to wait for your bank once you've updated your bank address details um, for the bank to report that data to the credit bureaus. So doing that with all three, especially if you're young and moving a lot, can be a real chore. And um, so I recommend that you do that. That can have a really big impact on your credit file. Um, and of course, you know, as a foundation, you want to know the details. And the best way to check this is there's a lot of free tools out there. So each credit bureau has to provide you a free statutory report with your full credit file details. You can go to their websites. Um, 
there's other tools that use the same data but make it much more accessible. Um, so ClearScore, Credit Karma, Totally Money are a few. Um, we also have the same service, although we do charge a fee for it. So I, if you're just looking at Credit File, I'd urge you to go to those um, firms first if, if you just want the kind of free checkup. Um, and then, um, so yeah, I'd say those are the kind of foundations. The other, the things that come to mind that are a bit more uh, surprising, or at least that I was surprised to hear about, um, I, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, so, so when we look at our own data, um, we actually notice that one of the top three reasons why someone damages their credit file is because they miss a uh, usually a broadband payment. So, like, it's something that's really easy to do. You know, you're moving houses. Your name was on the shared internet that you were using as a university student with three other people. They didn't manage the payments responsibly. You end up taking the hit, right? Because the missed payments in your name. That's a very common one that I hear. So it's really important. Um, if you manage those payments well, it can contribute to your credit score. So it's a great way to get started. Um, but you have to be careful that the contract isn't being managed by someone else after you've left. Another one that I've heard of, and this one's quite sad, but um, a lot of um, some, well, some of our customers have uh, been in marriages, and let's say their their partner was the uh, joint account holder, or was a guarantor on a loan, or they've taken out money and somehow uh, as a as a shared agreement with a lender, and then you go through a divorce or something like that, unfortunately, and. Um, that stuff often kind of goes off the radar. And before you realize it, your partner's financial behavior has impacted your credit file. And I can't tell you how often we see this. Um, and it feels very unfair. But uh, when you take out joint products together, it's it can be easier. Sorry, it can, it can happen easier than you think. So I hope that's a, a good kind of example, set of examples of things you can do. Um, as you can see, there's multiple. <laughs> we have a lot more detail on this on our website if you're uh, keen to do a deep dive. But uh, yeah, a lot of this is also a Google away. But those are some of the kind of common and surprising things that I've seen. All, all incredibly useful. And, you know, there's going to be stuff there, items there that even very uh, experienced people might not be aware of. So, you know, a, a, absolutely, the, the electoral role does make me laugh of just purely from the point of view of how long it takes. You know, so again, precious point of a piece of advice about you know, get gathering all that information ready. And especially if you're in transit quite a lot, uh, my brother had, um, hopefully you won't mind me saying this, uh, where he's now settled down in Southwest London, but beforehand it was, it seemed like every six or seven months, it was, you know, place to place to place, which, you know, negatively impacted his score. And he was wondering why that's the case. And even I said to him at the time, it's probably because, you're jumping around too often that might spook lenders or you're not up to date with you know electoral roles so yeah it is what it is Um, on the flip side of that then and Mm. so we've we've just spoken uh, we just shared examples about uh things that would negatively impact your score in in order to get a better score is it just is it just a case of simply avoiding everything that you've just said i.e don't miss a payment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or are there other little things that you you can do to boost your credit score? Yeah, I, I think the, the quick wins are the ones I mentioned. Um, definitely lowering credit utilization ahead of an application. 
for something like a mortgage, making sure you're on the electoral roll. Um, and then there's a, unfortunately, there's no magic bullet to this stuff. Uh, you just have to be disciplined over a long time, typically. So things like making bill payments on time. Um, and if you do take out a credit card or other personal loans, making sure you do pay those uh, on time. I guess, you know, there are case by case reasons why uh, specifically to you, your credit file might be, you know, worse than you think. Um, in some instances, there might be data errors, and those are worth checking for a quick, you know, quick win fixes. And that's why I'd encourage anyone to, to check their credit file in detail, um, and all three of them at that. Um, but yeah, I think we've covered the covered the basic ones. I'm afraid uh, there's no there's no kind of magic magic answer to this. It's, uh, it does take a lot of hard work, and um, yeah, better better get started earlier than later on this stuff. Couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more with that. hundred uh, percent. So, I mean, we could talk for hours and hours and hours uh, about credit scores. Uh, completely appreciate that we could do that. But time is precious. Time is money, as they say. Let, let's focus a bit about. Let's focus on PAVE then. Uh, that's why you're on the show um, as well. So there might be people that are listening to this thinking, well, you've mentioned Experian, you've mentioned Equifax, you've mentioned TransUnion, ClearScore, Credit Card, you know, loads and loads of things. And, and now we're going to talk about PAVE. So I guess the floor is yours, but what, what makes PAVE different? Uh, and why, why create it in, in the first place? Have you seen a gap in the market that you think needs yeah. plugging yeah for sure I'll, i can start with the story of like how it all got started but before i do um very high level uh at pave what we're trying to do is you know we're on a mission to improve the credit health of millions of people uh, by making it much easier uh to build your credit with the world's best credit builder as we like to shamelessly call ourselves uh, and we do this by offering a proper path to good credit and i'll kind of unpack what all of that means um but um the way that this actually got started was a, a gap in the market that we saw. Um, and back in the day when we were just uh, figuring out what kind of idea to solve for, uh, the best thing to do when you're starting a company is just to talk to potential customers. And so at the time, we thought there was an interesting gap in the market for people that are typically self-employed who tend to have you know tougher time getting access to credit or other services. So I went out with my co-founder to interview as many Deliveroo riders and Uber drivers as I could. But no one wanted to talk to us, of course, because they were like, who are these random guys talking to me in the middle of my shift? Go away. Um, so, so we ended up uh, riding for Deliveroo because um, we thought having that green Deliveroo jacket <laughs> would help us get in front of these people more. I promise this is going somewhere. But anyway, so we did that. And I was milling about Shoreditch near all the restaurants trying to get talking to one of these drivers. And eventually we did. And it was super interesting because they were talking about how as a migrant, and this guy happened to be Brazilian as well, which was really cool because it kind of went full circle. Um, but he was saying like, as a migrant, I can't get access to affordable credit because I don't have a credit history, but I really need credit because my income fluctuates uh, as a self-employed individual. And so we had a bit of a aha moment there. And we thought, okay, well, if you're in that situation and you can't get a credit card because you're new to the country, um, and maybe a credit card isn't even the right product for you because it has quite high interest, um, what, what's an alternative? Like, what can we do to, to make that situation better? And so we, we started PAVE. And what PAVE does, uh, going to your question of, of us, how are we unique, 
is that we we don't have a sort of interest fee based model. We have a one single subscription fee, uh, and that's really important because we think a lot of customers prefer that transparency. It's not for everyone, of course, and not everyone should be using us either. If you can manage a credit card, fine, go ahead and do that. That's great. Um, but I think we've made a product that is more predictable uh, for people that might have more. Uh, volatile, let's say, earnings, or just prefer that peace of mind. What it actually does is um, I bucket them into sort of two things. So you get access to an app. Uh, the first thing that we do with your consent is we use a technology called open banking, which lets us um, see the transactions in your bank account. Uh, we can't change them or move money around. We can only read, read-only access, as it's called. But what we do with that is we will surface all of your recurring bill payments and help you manage those payments on time. And that's important because as mentioned, actually missing a bill payment is often a really big negative factor on your credit file if you don't, yeah, if you miss a payment. Um, subject to approval as well, we use that same de- data to do a sort of affordability check just to make sure that we're not lending irresponsibly. Uh, but we can open a credit line um, that will help you pay your bills on time. Now this credit line is interest-free. We don't have any late fees or anything. Um, and what that does is we're helping you pay your bills on time with it, but also we're creating a new record of lending to you, which we then report to the three credit bureaus to start making you visible to the system. And this is a kind of world first approach to credit building that we're really proud of. And we think that it's super aligned with a customer's interests, right? Well, by not having interest, it aligns with the interest, so to speak, uh, because we're only lending to you in situations where we think we need to help you to protect your credit score rather than giving you a credit card that you might uh, overspend on. So a bit of a long example, but that's the first chunk of things we do. The second thing we do is we partner with TransUnion. So one of the credit bureaus, we will then take your credit score and credit file data, analyze it and surface the actions that you should be taking to improve your credit health most efficiently. And we also we show that in your app, in our app, but we also have a team of credit experts uh, who are reachable through WhatsApp and email, uh, who can help you sort of unpack the meaning of this and support you through understanding what each of those actions take. Because there are many free ways you can check your credit file today, but where we think we're different is that actually even with that data, a lot of the customer feedback that we heard was that, um, you know, I still don't know what this means, or I don't know where to start, or like, I'm so busy, I don't have time to like educate myself about this, et cetera, et cetera. So we just wanted to make that even even easier. And so those are the two chunks of things we do. And I think it kind of hints to how we feel we are different, right? Um, starting with the subscription fee to, you know, building a credit product that aligns with your interests and tries to you know, be a partner to you rather than something that could trip you up. And then finally, going beyond just pure information sharing to, to being a source of um, a kind of education uh, and support backed by not just computers, but real humans as well. Some stuff. Definitely awesome. That's, yeah, that, that, that's, that's all pretty cool. Uh, the reason I sound really perplexed because I was just trying to create a, uh, a scenario in my head going back to one of the first points you mentioned. So, I'm going to sort of try and put this scenario to you and just to see if I've heard things correctly. So mm. let's just say I'm a delivery driver and apologies, delivery drivers. Let's just say I'm a delivery driver and yeah, my income fluctuates. So 
yeah, my income fluctuates. Um, I've got, you know, your typical sort of expenses as you would have, you know, fuel, rent, et cetera, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. So I've got all of that. And let's just say, because my income fluctuates, that, you know, there might be some times where I will struggle to make ends meet. I might struggle to pay this mobile phone bill or whatever it might be. Have I heard it right that if, if I'm in that situation and I'm a, a paid customer, you're going to be able to analyse through the read-only banking. You're going to be able to analyse what effectively what's going in and out. I'd be able to make a suggestion. Um, but did I also hear correctly that if, if I am struggling, properly struggling, and I, I need to find 20 quid to pay that mobile phone bill, you're saying that actually PAVE will step in and help, and that's interest-free as well because you're then protecting my credit score. I, just so I've heard that correctly, is that is that right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's spot on. So uh, just to add a couple of points to that, yeah, our kind of, our first point of call, right, is we we want to make sure that if you can afford to pay for something, you, you should be, right? We don't want to unnecessarily extend loans to you. But that's not really how we, we lose money when we do that, right? And unlike credit cards, which make money often, um, we want to make sure that we're here as a sort of alert system, first and mm-hmm. foremost. So we'll, you'll be tracking all your bills in our app and we'll, you know, send you push notifications to say, hey, look, we see that you have 300 pounds in your bank account, 400 pounds of bills coming up this week. Uh, and so you need to top up. Um, so that's kind of the first point of call. And then, yes, uh, subject to approval. Um, and that's really important. We're a fully FCA regulated consumer lender. So we do all the necessary um, affordability checks, et cetera, to make sure we're lending responsibly. But if you do pass those criteria, yes, we can top up your account to make sure that um, you know you you have enough balance to pay for that upcoming bill, uh, and that so you don't go into your overdraft or have to borrow money that might be a lot more expensive. Oh, that's perfect. So that's uh, that is awesome. I say that with more volition because I was trying to get that scenario in in my head. So effectively, uh, and the whole point of doing that is going back to the mission statement. And going back to what you said at the start about that personal belief of, you know, having having a healthy credit score, helping people achieve, you know, having a really good credit score. So to me, now I even I can understand from what you've just said quite clearly how PAVE are, are completely different from anything else that's out there on the market. Very admirable as well. So, yeah, perfect. I appreciate that's, that. Thanks. Um, no, no, really, really good. You mentioned another point there that you mentioned uh, there as well as, of course, whenever you're then, you know, the, uh, the uh, I forget what the Latin is, but when you're the lender of last resort as such, of course, you're, yeah. then, you're then losing cash. So I guess if people are then you know, approaching PAVE, approaching yourselves, you know, you're not, it's not a case of, you know, we're always going to be there to help because, like you said, you've got to be able to manage your own finances. I guess my point being is with the educational side of things with PAVE, mm. do you have uh, things uh, where courses or, or lectures or whatever it might be when you're going through about budget planning? Because budget planning seems to be, to me, something that is quite simple, yet very easy to get wrong at the same time. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's certainly, I mean, I, I haven't even cracked it myself, right? Like, despite being a... Uh, CEO of one of these companies. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's especially difficult. And um, I think the difficulty is amplified at the moment with cost of living going up so rapidly. 
Um, so I think, to be honest with you, and this is why we use the tagline, the proper path to good credit, I'm not trying, I'm not going to pretend that, well, frankly, any solution in the market is a perfect solution that's going to sort your finances out. It won't. Nothing will really, unless you get a really expensive financial advisor, um, which, you know, if you can't afford it, great. I think the the main message I want to relay here is we provide you with the tools as much as we can. So mm-hmm. open banking to help you surface your recurring bill payments, keep track of income and expenditure. And then we do have um, a really, uh, we may say so ourselves, there's something called the credit library on our um, website, which has loads and loads of bite size information on things like what is credit utilization to, um, you know, what are the main credit bureaus, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So we try and make that information as consumable as possible and accessible. Um, We also do have our own social media channels as well to complement that. And then finally, the credit experts who you can reach out to in the app um, if you do have additional questions. But but what I would say is that, you know, I don't think, yeah, anyone really has cracked this in the industry yet. It it does end up, if you, you know, being a kind of two-way relationship, we can do all of this, but ultimately... We do need to customers and anyone to understand that, you know, without putting effort in, you're not going to be able to build your credit score and the better, better to do it early as well and all these different things. And that's why we think the proper path that could credit is, is just to, you know, we will be here to supply and support whatever we can, but ultimately we do need consumers also to take the right and healthy actions. And we can't overpromise um, on, on what we are able to do. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers your question. Make makes sense. It's it's really a case of help me to help you, help me to help you. You know, it's a two way street at the end of the day. So completely, completely with you. So, is there anything else that you want to add? Any other words of wisdom? I'm just just looking through the questions again. We've covered everything that I had written down. But is there anything that you think that hasn't been mentioned yet that that needs to be spoken about? Yeah, I think um. What just one thing comes to mind, um, you know, if anyone out, out there is thinking about the next year and to your point on budgeting, um, you know, we're, we're facing a time where things like broadband bills and energy bills are going to increase in costs. And um, I think often um, these things can happen in a way that might be a lot more, uh, you know, a, a lot higher like a lot faster and a lot more of an increase than you might expect. And so the one thing that if anyone is thinking about budgeting this year is just to do it as early as possible and try to gain as much foresight as possible into budgeting. And, and um, you know, luckily the energy price increase is happening right before we enter summer, but there is another one most likely coming in October. And I think if anyone is, um, and you know, that's going to be ahead of winter where consumption goes up. So all I can say is, yeah, the more people can plan in advance this year to try and reduce, well, volatility in your spend and income as much as possible. Um, I think the more one can do that, the better. Um, and certainly, um, you know, we're hoping to help our customers do that as much as as much as we can as well. So, yeah, a bit bit of a topical <laughs> last thought, but I think this is a this is a big um, challenge that we're about to face as a society. And uh, I, I just want to make sure that everyone. Um, can can weather it as much as possible. Uh, much appreciated. Completely agree again uh, with with that sentiment. A lot going on uh, at the moment. Uh, quite you know quite a lot of scary stuff behind the scenes as as well. Uh, but so thank you, thank you very much. Uh, if people want to find out more about pay, find out more about yourself. How do people find out about that? 
Yeah, for sure. So payback.com has all of our, uh, you know, detail on our app and resources as well. Um, and uh, you, you can reach me at show at payback.com. Uh, that's SHO if you have any questions or, or um, yeah, anything really. I'm very happy to get in touch. Wonderful stuff. And as usual for listeners, we will put that into the show notes so it's easily accessible for you. Uh, wonderful stuff. Any final words of wisdom shown at all? No, that I think I've uh, imparted as much as I, I do know about this sector. Um, yeah, complex one indeed, but uh, definitely navigable, if that's a word, um, with, uh, with dedication and willingness to learn. So good luck anyone trying to build your credit to get property out there. Hope it goes well. And, and, and building a good credit score in general, in all honesty, just indeed. to add, good point. add that yes. to the mix <laughs> uh, yeah. well. So, so, superb. Thank you very, very much. And yeah, I'd be delighted to, to, to have you back on the G-Force. Thanks for the opportunity. Really enjoyed it.